Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Calm Cove podcast can help you sleep deeply all night long. Calm Cove has deeply relaxing meditation music and ambient sounds like ocean waves and crackling fires. All of our episodes are designed to help you relax and to fall asleep fast. Calm Cove is brought to you by the team behind Sleep Cove, the sleep podcast that consists of spoken word hypnosis, meditation and stories. So if you want to listen to a beautiful soundscape tonight, search for Calm Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see how we're helping millions of people relax and go to sleep every night. Hello, welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm Nikki Eisenhower, your host, life coach, and psychotherapist. And on today's episode, I'm discussing dealing with betrayal. Betrayal is one of the worst feelings that we can experience as a human being. A betrayal is a violation of a trust. It's a violation of a contract, maybe a written contract, maybe a moral contract, maybe a heart contract. But a betrayal is a violation. And so we feel quite violated when someone betrays us. I want to talk about the ways in which I see highly sensitive people sort of double down on the hurt when they've been betrayed. Now, I didn't name this episode Healing Betrayal because I'm not talking about how to heal the betrayal. I'm talking about how to deal with the betrayal internally. Now, this might sound like a strange grouping, but these are the people that I see who struggle exceptionally with the feelings of betrayal. HSPs, empaths, people who had a critical parent from a run-of-the-mill critical parent to a full-on narcissistic parent, the firstborn in a family, people who are leaders, who have neglect in their history, people with an entrepreneurial spirit, people who are empowered and strong in different areas of their lives. Because Seekers, if you're listening to the show, it is highly likely you are a seeker or a seeker is trying to get you to listen to the show to help you understand their seeking qualities. But seekers, we are observers. And so we see a lot. And betrayal really blindsides us because whenever we're betrayed, we tend to not see it. And that becomes like a double hurt that I am both betrayed by this person that hurt me. And then I've also been sort of betrayed by myself in not having seen this coming. 
So what I want you to understand for this episode as I try to make sense of this dynamic is that I, I want us to understand that our brains are processors. And if you remember those old word math problems when we were in junior high or high school, our brain wants to work out some things that happened to us in life, just like we worked out those old word math problems. And so if we get to the end of something and we don't like the answer, or the answer just doesn't fit, we tend to go to the start of the problem and rework the entire math problem until we try to get the right answer. So if I've been betrayed by someone who has hurt me, if they have broken a vow, if they have cheated on me, if they have stolen money from me, if they have used me and tossed me aside, if it's someone that I love, that I respect, that I've cared about, that I've invested in, there are parts of my psychology that don't want to see this person as hurtful or as ignorant or as making a mistake. And so what happens is we tend to torture ourselves by reworking this problem and reworking this problem and reworking this problem over and over and over again. And we can work a math problem until we get the right math answer. But we're driving ourselves batty when we process over and over again just because we don't like the answer. So We help ourselves if we help ourselves settle on the answer of the complicated math problem, the answer to the complicated emotional problem that's in our lap. So some of us may be in a position to have to accept that my partner used my credit card for their gambling addiction, that no matter how I look at this, how did this happen? How did this happen? I trusted this person. I didn't think this would ever happen. No matter how many times I go through the math problem, it's just me having to settle on what I don't like. Maybe I'm trying to settle on my best friend is dating a new person and dropped me. And maybe there's nothing else to figure out there other than this is what's going on. If we're in a monogamous relationship, and my partner has sex with someone that's not me, that no matter how much I turn over that problem in my head, how did this happen? What did I say? What did he say? Why did we do this? How did this happen? I thought this could never happen to me. I thought this person would never do this. If we don't settle on my partner had sex with someone else, that's what happened, and violated our agreement, without settling on that answer, we are likely to go into story-making mode. And that story-making mode when we've been betrayed tends to be unkind to ourselves. We tend to sit back and in protest of that math answer, we interestingly want to own someone else's betrayal. There are plenty of times in my life where I am responsible for my own screw-up and need to talk to myself about that and figure that out. But if someone else has betrayed me, that is not mine to own. As a tribe, highly sensitive people, we are overly responsible. We are prone to over-functioning for other people. Another word for that is codependency. We are prone to codependency. We tend to, in other ways, want to save other people from feeling uncomfortable. So what happens when someone betrays us is instead of having the muscles to be able to sit with, there's not much for me to do here. 
I need to feel my feelings and move through and this other person, it's on them to reflect, to grow potentially, and to repair with me. So what I see HSPs do in the face of betrayal is they take out their super responsibility card, their over-functioning card. And this shows up in our self-talk. And our self-talk as a tribe tends to go into what's wrong with me. I have the gift of prophecy a lot of the time. I observe everything. I see what's coming. Many of you will catch yourselves leaning into your dysfunctional hypervigilance and will tell yourselves, ah, you know what? I just wasn't hypervigilant enough. Yes, that must be the solution. If I am hypervigilant and I never relax and I pay hyper attention to everything, then I won't be hurt in the future. This won't happen to me again. Can you hear how that line of thinking is me trying to overown what someone else did? And I want to overown it psychologically. We don't want to own somebody else's mistake logically. We know better than that. But psychologically, if I can own the discomfort that's in front of me, then I can change it. That feels more empowered to me because I want to be able to do something with this discomfort that I have and transform it and make it shift so that I can feel better. And that's the thing with betrayal. I don't have that power. It's not mine to own. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Sleep Cove podcast can help you. Hi, I'm Christopher Fitton, the voice and clinical hypnotherapist behind Sleep Cove. Sleep Cove features sleep hypnosis, meditations and bedtime stories, all designed to help those of you who struggle at night to achieve a restful and peaceful night's sleep. Search for Sleep Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see why Sleep Cove helps millions of people sleep deeply all night long. So we must learn as highly sensitive people how to deal with betrayal. It's on the betrayer to repair what's been broken, trust. I'm helping myself When I pay attention and I have a strong boundary about not allowing part of my psychology to talk to me like I'm stupid because I wasn't hypervigilant enough to catch someone else's mistake. That is the mistake I see HSPs make over and over and over again. We help ourselves when we're aware of this, when we mindfully watch for this, and when we shift. Part of shifting is the acknowledgement of what's going on. And as doers and fixers and feelers and helpers very naturally in our spirits, we must validate and identify and acknowledge to ourselves that we hate this. That's the thing that we hate the most in betrayal, how powerless we are in it and how there's a part of me, maybe there's a part of you that when I'm betrayed, I want to be able to feel actionable instead of anxious. I want to be able to move things and be impactful. I don't want to sit back and wait to see if the person that betrayed me has enough maturity, has enough moral compass that kicks in to get actionable 
in their own right. I'm an overfunctioner. And that's the growth edge that's available to us in the uncomfortable suckiness that is betrayal. That we are deeply scared that other people will not show up in ways that we know we will show up for others. And we're scared to sit on our hands and to bite our tongues and to allow things to play out. So we try to get in there and hyper control it so that it goes our way so that that math problem gives us the answer that we want instead of the answer that is right or healthy or true or real. In a sense, we're learning to manage over responsibility and find where we are simply responsible for taking care of ourselves. I do a lot of coaching and counseling on helping people find the line between calmly centered observation and enjoying the, what I might call the gift of prophecy, the ability to see what's coming, to sense when things are off, we're learning how to sit with that while letting go of what in a lot of ways has kept us safe or as safe as we could be, our hypervigilance. So there's a very fine line there. And I encourage all of us to work on finding it and to let go of the story that I'm supposed to be more hypervigilant to avoid discomfort. If we are loving and leading with our hearts, we risk being hurt when we connect with people. That is the risk that we take when we are heart-centered and lead with our hearts and want to connect with other human beings that are in our tribe. We take a risk every single time we leave our house and get into our car. It's not 100% safe to drive around in a car, is it? We make that risk almost every day of our lives, most of us, because we've decided that we need to get from point A to point B. And so it's worth the risk and we're as safe as we possibly can be. We learn to do that with ourselves and in relationship. This is a good time to take a beat and remind yourself. Don't let me be the reminder. It doesn't work that way. It only works if you are the reminder to yourself that we are loving and we are loved and we are lovable. I am loving. I am loved. I am lovable. I will not beat myself up simply because I am experiencing the feelings of betrayal. I will work on building up trust within myself that I will trust myself to be kind to myself even when others are not. That is the gem that is available to us within all the sucky pain of betrayal. I think in a lot of ways, as corny as it sounds, it is a secret to life that no one ever teaches us that we must be kind and encouraging and challenge ourselves in healthy ways to be the best version of ourselves in this one precious life. If you are a human who is loving and being open in the world, you will be betrayed. Please don't allow the betrayal of another person to shut down your heart and healthy risk. There is always room to repair if people show up in the energy of repair. And there is always room to repair even when someone does not write their betrayal of us. And it all comes from self-love.
I hope there was something in this episode that helped you or can help someone in your life. If you want to share episodes or purchase a pack of our stripped down meditations, if you'd like to share our episodes, any of our episodes, this one or another one with ease, the easiest place to do that is to go to emotionalbadass.com. You can check out every podcast episode and share it there easily. You can also visit our store, maybe pick up an Emotional Badass sweatshirt and show the world who you are. I get a lot of comments when I wear mine around. That's kind of fun. And I want to thank all of you who listen and our marketing team and who share the show so that other people can up their emotional intelligence and their self-love quotient with themselves and in the world. Light and love, and may any of you who are experiencing the pain of betrayal, remember that this moment will pass. And what's available to you is a fierce self-love and encouragement practice. You are an emotional badass. I am an emotional badass. And together we are where Moxie meets mindful. Take care. Bye-bye. At a time when change is constant and we are pulled in far too many directions, we need a way to stay present to life and to increase our ability to remain calm, think clearly, and maintain our well-being. Many studies indicate mindfulness improves our mental, emotional, and physical health. On a Mindful Moment with Teresa McKee, you can learn how to practice mindfulness and enjoy its many benefits. Tune in for guided meditations and to hear tips and advice from some of the most respected experts in the fields of mental health and mindfulness. The world truly can be a better place. It all starts with a mindful moment.